Would you stand up and please this morning? What peace we have. And we know that we have been justified in the presence of Almighty God. That we can come into His presence and be declared righteous, not because of our works, but because of the work He has done. Amen? Yes. Get your Bibles. I'm going to go to the book of Romans. I'm going to begin a new series this morning for about four weeks. We may do it in three. We'll see. But I want to talk to you from the Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 is a chapter that I've never ministered from. It is one that I have regretted because on the last few days, Jacob has spoken so much truth into my life. Things that I've struggled with. Things that I've struggled with now. If you're going for a trial next Sunday, I don't miss going through a circumstance that is bigger than you. I will touch very briefly on that this morning. The next Sunday, the reason being is because we have a tendency to understand the love of God and the depth of His love based on our trial circumstance. Not understanding that there is a level of God that we understand that our circumstance and trial does not dictate the love of God to us. Because He loved us while we were yet lost. Amen. Nothing I can do to earn it. Nothing I can do to buy it. It was God's gift to me to justify me. So sometimes our level of spiritual maturity is based on how we feel. And feeling has nothing to do with it. Cancer in my body or the day my children were does not matter. God is still the same. Amen. His love for me is the same. Next Sunday I will speak on that. But today let me set the foundation. We'll begin in verse 1, Romans chapter 5. While you're turning and they're preparing it for you, reminder that right after service we do have a quick business meeting to update you on what I feel you'll be pleased with. Let's do this, Therefore, time is back to chapter 4. Being justified by faith, Abraham in turn, we have peace. Somebody say peace. peace. Absolutely. One of the greatest gifts that God gives us. With God through our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the currency. Through whom also we have access, and I say access, by faith into his grace in which I stand, we stand. And such we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in what? Tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance produces? Yes. Some of you right now, God's about to make your greatest sermon and you're never going to step into the pulpit. You're going to the biggest trial of your life and what you don't realize, your character and the godness that's on display in your life, somebody's going to see it and say, if she, if he can go through that, it must be the hand of Almighty God. Amen. Not just character though, character, hope of a verse. Now hope does not, I love this, disappoint. Because the love of God, I've never, never finished with this. Oh, how I've missed it. Oh, how I've missed this. Now, hope is not disappointed because why? The love of God has been poured out into my heart by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I'm going to preach this morning. Rejoice. I have been justified. Rejoice. You should rejoice. Next week, we'll talk about trials. But today, I want to remind you about your salvation. Amen? Would you stretch your hands with me, Father? I pray today, God, that you would give me a voice that would run past my yeah. inferior complex of knowing that I'm not able to do what 
what needs to be done. There is so much in me that recognizes my flesh. It tries to rise up and grab a hold of that that is spiritual. I allow the natural to be strong, God. It will seek to defeat the supernatural. But God, there is a place in you. There's a place that I know that I'm in, where I can go. And yet there's still a chart of orders that I've not been in. That I know there's a deeper anointing. And there's a deeper place of grace. Where we move past this element of praise that is based upon paychecks and bills and currency in the natural. There's a place in grace that we've not come to yet that we simply understand, God, it feels good to belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, if we could run past that first level to the second level, then, Father, I believe we'll see a new depth of you that will cause us, inspire us to, God, do more, grow more, love more than ever before. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. and you may see them. Look to your neighbor and just say, rejoice. Would you do that for me, please? Romans 5 has captured my imagination. One of the theologians that I really look to, he describes Paul's writing, especially this chapter. He says, Paul's letter to the Romans is a description of the power of God. Understanding the Roman culture, the power of God let loose among the ruin of men. I love that. In Romans 5, we see the good news of Jesus Christ on display. It captures our minds, but really it goes past our minds and begins to capture our hearts. Because God is trying to describe to us what has happened at the moment we received Him as our Savior. Yes, we were reconciled back to God. Yes, we experienced that redemptive grace, that, that voice of redemption. But also we must understand that we were justified. Justification meaning that like Romans 3 and 10, that understanding that there is none righteous, no, not one. So if there is none righteous and I have come against God, that God is and I are at war because of sinful Adam, somebody has got to get me back into his presence and I cannot go on my own merit. I cannot use natural resources. I've got to go on the currency of the Spirit, which is the blood of Jesus Christ. I must recognize that, first of all, that I was ungodly and starving. My righteousness was as filthy rags. And if I can recognize that, then I also recognize that I need a Savior. And if I can recognize that I need a Savior, then I can look to Jesus Christ as my Savior. I can understand that God made a way, found a way, God in Jesus Christ that we might come now back into his presence and we might stay clean and holy in the eyes of Almighty God. That's the first thing. Without that, I cannot preach to you this morning. If you cannot recognize your need for salvation, then there's nothing else I can tell you. The reason for that is this. You cannot be justified if you have this attitude of self-righteousness, self-exaltation, and you don't need Jesus Christ as your Savior. If pride runs your life, if you declare to yourself like one man I pastor in Columbia, he got saved in his late 40s. He said, preacher, he said, I was the best looking man. I thought I was the greatest man. He said, I didn't need a God because I thought I was God myself. But one day he came to church. And one day the Holy Spirit got a hold of his heart. And one day this non-church man made his way to a altar, confessed his sins, and realized he needed Jesus Christ in his life and not saved the Lord's name. Yeah. 
you're not perfect today. I'm not saying it's perfect. They just baptized him recently after I left. And he really doesn't know much about church. When they went to baptize him, he did it. He got in the form of a cannonball and said, Calabunga, and jumped into the baptismal pool. Amen. That's okay. God baptized him as well. Sometimes we need some life in the church to break the monopoly. Amen. Romans 5 and 5, though, really is the backdrop of the scripture. Once I understand that I was alienated against God because of my own sin, I then must recognize that God loves me. We have a problem with this in the church today. Because we base the love of God on the basis of our present circumstance. And if my present circumstance is fine, then God is in love with me. And if everything is okay, if all my children are behaving, if I have enough money in the bank, if I got the best job, if I get the promotion, if the church of God recognizes me, then God is in love with me. And somehow I'm walking in the beauty of holiness. All of that is a lie. None of that has to do with the love of God. The Bible tells me in Hebrews that God loved me while I was yet a sinner. When I was lost and undone, on my worst night, in my worst condition, the night that I did not know how, I made it home, Brother Jonathan. The night that the cops knocked on my door, the night that my mom and dad kicked me out of my house and said, Son, you can no longer stay here anymore. God loved me just as much then as He loves me right now in this moment as I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I know you can shout about that because it takes away your personal righteousness that you have built up for yourself. But you can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't pay for it. You can't work for it. It's given freely through God, through the Son of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible said in Romans 5 and 5 that this love of God was poured out into our hearts by the Holy Ghost. It's more than head knowledge. It's something when God and I have an encounter. And it changes my life forever. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Therefore I recognize in my mind God loves me because I am a part of the world. Praise God for that. You see the emotion on my face? It doesn't mean much to me. But the day that I had an encounter with Almighty God, on that Sunday morning after being drunk the night before, on that Sunday morning doing things that were so ungodly, and I came to a little church of God, and on that day, joy, God saved my life, I can tell you every detail. I can tell you what the preacher wore, I can tell you his sermon, I can tell you how hot it was, I can tell you the color of the carpet. Why? Because it just was not a mind thing. It's when the Holy Ghost poured out God's love into my heart, and I realized I was lost and undone. It's the day that God was not just some God out there, but He became my personal God and He saved me forever. See, it's not just coming to church. Some of you come to church, but you don't like it. You come because you like me or you like the church, but you have not had that God encounter yet. And so when we get emotional, we cry, or we send missionaries out, you don't understand it. The reason is you have God here, but you have not got God here yet. But when the Holy Ghost touches your heart and He shows you how far you are away from God, but He lets you know this, I don't care what you've done. I don't care who you touch. I don't care what's been done to you. I know you think you can't feel love. I know you think you're unlovable. But when you back yourself up to Calvary's mountain and you stand at the foot of Calvary's cross, the blood of Jesus Christ will justify you, make you clean, and make you one 
Dallas Mother Joseph. The modern church never gets back to this where we preach. I'll preach on all three levels over the next three weeks. There are three levels of rejoicing because of this justification. Just as it never happened. God therefore declared me righteous. Understand? So the day that God saved me, now I should rejoice. But there are three levels. The first level is the justification level. That means we simply give God praise because He saved me. That's a good level. Praise God. Doesn't wake me up for this world. Next week is the second level. I give God praise in the midst of the worst storm of my life. Most of us never get to that level. Because once the storm comes, God doesn't love me. Preacher doesn't love me. No, Muhammad doesn't love me. Nobody's called. Nobody cares. You see what happens? And then the third level is that God never does anything else to me. It does not matter with me. As Job said, even if he slay me, yet will I serve him. That's too easy for me. But let's pray for the person. This will be the level that you won't shout to much over, but I can't get the level to you until I first get to level one. Look to your neighbor and say rejoice. Now to rejoice, you must first understand that the first level to rejoice is justification. To understand justification, the Bible here, Paul goes back to the Abraham covenant and understands that Abraham, verses 1 and 2, that's where I'll stay doing, in verses 1 and 2, that this cannot be something artificial. It can't be something that since I'm at church, I put my church face on. And when I leave church, I take my church face off. While I'm at church, I put my church music on. And when I leave church, I put my rap music on. You understand what I'm saying? This cannot be artificial. It must come from a heart that's been touched by the Holy Ghost. And so to understand this first division, we must move past this process of thinking that since I am saved, there's nothing else to do. If that is your mindset, then you truly don't understand your salvation. Because if you can understand the depth of your depravity, then you also can understand the length of your salvation. If you understand what God did to get you to this point, if God never does anything else for you today, if the preacher's a little low, if the music's not to your liking, and if somebody didn't shake your hand, you really don't care. Because you know how far God brought you. People that fuss on silly things, I don't take them back to the baby and I say, you understand? People that always argue all the time over silly things, preacher didn't wear this. Last week my shirt came out. I don't know. Anybody came up to me after church. I told somebody, why do you tell me? I have lost a little weight. I'm going to blame it on that. But anyway, my shirt came out. I guarantee you, somebody said this week, can you believe that preacher put up in his shirt? Well, it cannot be sick. Because I didn't know it was that. You should have told me. You understand? Somebody's going to fuss about something all the time. But you find somebody who had drugs in their body. And you find somebody who felt like they couldn't even go to church because of their witness. You take a little girl that doesn't know who her mom and dad is. And she's living with somebody that she doesn't even call mom and dad. But she knows somehow because they come to go for There's a preacher in a church telling her, You are wonderful. You are beautiful. You are lovely. You are awesome. You are They wouldn't care because they found something. 
produce in him. It has to be by faith. It means I have been accepted by God and loved by God. Not by my own merit, but because of a right relationship with him.
love you before you even took your first one. Amen. This God is madly in love with you. Yes. He's justified you. Watch what happens when he justifies you. A couple of things I've noticed. When he justifies you, now the Bible says he gives you something. He gives you peace. Look to you and say peace. See what you don't understand because you have been justified by love that was poured out in your heart. Now you have peace. That means God is no longer at war with you. What peace? I remember when you were sin. Maybe this wasn't your story, it was mine. And you would you drive home and you know that if God came back someplace in the Baptist church to preach about that life. If God came back at that moment, I knew I'd been in hell. You might have been if you say what you can do with it, right? Amen. Amen. I, I knew that. My, my wife, she, she said there were certain sins she didn't do because she was afraid. And there was that fear there. Because of our sins, God was at war with us because our sin cannot stand in the presence of Almighty God. But when you are justified, He said, by faith, we now have peace. So joy where there once was salvation from God and alienation from God, now there is peace with God. That's why when the doctor says, I, I think you might have cancer, it bothers us. It moves us to tears. It causes us to have great pain. But you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't change in my mind how much God loves It doesn't change. You know, since morning, it doesn't change the fact who God is and who I am. I have peace with God now, not based on my present circumstances. I have peace with God now because I know that I know that I know He is my Father and I am His Son. And I know my name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I can rejoice. I don't have to wait till my soul. I don't have to wait till a Holy Ghost chill off. I don't have to wait till a group comes. I don't have to wait till my favorite preacher comes. I can get up in the morning at 5.14 and declare God, I'm going to rejoice because I know I have been saved. Open up his eyes. 
took my daddy home just like that. I couldn't let somebody know not even dead. Not even death can rob us of the peace of God. Not cancer, not peril, not trial, not sickness. Devil, bring what you may. Do what you desire to do. But I know that I know my God loves me. We walk together in the pool of the day. We walk side by side in peace. I was afraid that day. We were born to just three points. Lucky never said rejoice. Not only do we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, I didn't want to say there, because it's not what you do, it's through Jesus Christ. Now, I know somebody, but you got to know him. Good verse two. I won't say there. Through whom also we have access by faith. Where? Because you have not been justified, but I got a free 
Yes, you do. Amen. We have a highway to the presence of Almighty God. Esther, the story of the Old Testament, Mordecai comes to her and says, Sweetie, I know you're a beautiful maiden, and I know that you're not supposed to go stand before the king, but if anybody's going to save our family, it's going to be you. But I can't do it. If I go there, he doesn't receive me, and I die immediately. You've got to take that chance, sweetie. If you don't, so she goes and she gets beautiful, I believe. And I know she's beautiful already, but I know she cleaned herself up. She took that bath. She put the best perfume on. She put the best clothes on. And she wouldn't she went stand before that king. And the Bible said the king then pulled his scepter at her and received her. And therefore it saved her family. We've got to have that same spirit this morning. We've got to be able to clean ourselves up. But we don't put on nice robes. We put on Jesus Christ. We put him on in the morning. We put him on in the daytime. We put him in our speech. We put him in our clothes. And we come forward to God's grace. And our homes cannot stand there. We say to our Father, I'm struggling right now. I'm in a battle right now. But I know that I know you are my God and you love me. And you will fight this battle for me. Come on, give my praise again. We have taken for granted the boldness and the freedom that we have to walk in the presence of our God. Brother, though my name is written on the church wall, praise God. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you should have peace right now. No matter what happens today, I know that I know He loves me. After the greatest death of my ministry lately from when I was a child, when I was a teenager in the church of God, I felt out the first 10 years of my ministry, I couldn't work enough to do enough for God because of me. Now that I've kind of bypassed that, I see kind of behind the curtain, so to speak, I realize I could work all day long and never change the love of God for me. My God is madly in love with me. I am madly in love with my children. I will protect them guard them and defend them and give them access to me at all times, how much more will my heavenly father do that? What are you afraid of? He's your God walking out peace. If he's your God, go to him tonight. You're struggling, go to him. You're in a high God to him. Well, no, I don't even know what to say. Praise the Spirit comes. If you don't know, you don't have words, he'll even pray through you. Amen. Back to himself. All new cars today. This church will double in size next Sunday. Look, if I had keys up here, not going to bug them said there's 400 Mercedes men. Only thing you got to do is come get the key when I count the three. You should see the fight that would happen right here in the Oklahoma Church of God. I bet Ralph would hit Bonnie in the forehead just to get up here. <laughs> I'm offering something better than Mercedes. We can tell our souls or fall our soul. You can have peace to know why? Because he's there with you. You have access Amen. to him. Amen. We can tell our missionaries in Mexico, it's going to be all right. I'm telling you, these five that are going, they're not going to the Riviera this week. We offer them a man. They can't take a man.
band because it's too nice. Our bands are too nice. They're going, and I know this. He's there already. And they have access to him. But brother, oh, what happens if a trial hits them this week? He still loves them. Amen. He's working out a far greater plan. Something that I cannot see. That's what happens when you are justified. He said, not only do we have grace to stand, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's what it is. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't even have to fear them. Where's your state, brother? I stood in a field with my friend a few weeks ago who pastored for 40 years in ministry. I stood with his wife and his boys. My church gave him a love offering. Took him out to eat while we were at the beach this week. I stood here holding their hands. Yes, they did cry. Yes, they did breathe. But we stood there not without hope. We stood there on hope knowing we shall see you. That's what happens when you're justified and saved in the Lord Jesus Christ. You better be careful one day. Some of you are going to be driving to church. You're going to show up. I'm not going to be here. Most of the deacons won't be here. Maybe one will be there. Two or three or four. <laughs> Maybe two of the staff might be here. Maybe three. But for me and some of these old saints and some of the young ones will say, you know what? You will get here, you're not going to be here. You're going to look out over there and you'll say, who's been playing in the graveyard? Don't worry about it, friends. I've been justified. Therefore, I'll laugh at this old thing. While my hair will fade and my beauty will fall. And as my years begin to catch up, my body doesn't seem the same as it did. When I was 16, I would declare to my God, You've already made it with us. I have peace and I have access and I know that this grave shall never hold me. Paul said, I would not have you in here, brother. The certain devils are asleep. Devil, you shall never defeat me. I stand in my Would you stand with me, please, all of us? Pastor, do you have that hope? I do. When I was growing up, little lady named Sister Mary used to sing this. My hope is still on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but the only way on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all on the ground, singing sing. When darkness fails his lovely face, I rest on what is a changing grace. And every high stormy hill, my anchor holds within behind the veil. On Christ the solid rock, I stand. All other rock. His love is coming. His blood support me in the wealthy flood. All around my soul gives way. He bends my all hope and my stay. Christ is solid rock, I stand. All on the ground. Nicely. When he shall come, the trumpet sound. I may I then in him positionally be back on. Dressed in his righteousness alone, follows to stay where? Before his glory. Well done. I couldn't thank you, sir. That's the peace you have. I stand before him, I step not alone, but I hold the righteousness of God. Amen? Father, I preach your word today, and I lay your foundation. 
Now that's with our gifts of all our faith that people and emotionally people won't recognize. Because in times, many times, we wonder, God, you against me. Why are you not answering my prayer? Yeah. Father, today before I can go there, we must be reminded there's peace before them. All the peace we open for them. Because we do not take these things to you in prayer. God, we can stand before you in peace. We can come before your throne. And we can look so body in the heart and declare that even the grave shall not hold you down. That's what you have done. No wonder Paul said, rejoice. Every head by the right culture. You don't know the Lord today. Would you set up God's here saying, I just want to have a conversation. You don't know him, you're not going to go wrong. See, I don't have the peace out of war. I can't find the right person. I can't find the right thought. I've tried every drug. I've tried this. I've tried that. I just want to have a conversation about this God. Would you set up? Nobody's going to marry you. Nobody's going to marry you. Let me press this one time. Just stand up. He loves you today. He is madly in love. 